Well, amen. Would you join with me in prayer, please, as we prepare our hearts to dive into God's Word this morning? Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we come before you today. And God, we say thank you that you are our firm foundation. We thank you uh, that you will uh, not be moved and that we can stand on you, the solid rock, and we thank you for that, Father. And Lord, I pray now that as we, as we look at your word, I pray, oh God, that you would open up our eyes to behold wonderful things from your law, almighty God. And Father, I pray that you would speak and that your children would hear you and we would respond and say, yes, Lord, I will do what you ask. And Father, we ask uh, that we would be able to bring you glory and that you would be pleased with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, happy Father's Day to all you dads. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, somebody sent me a, a, a joke this week about, about a dad, his son, and a preacher. I always got to throw the preacher in there, and, it, and the story, the joke goes a little bit like this, that a little boy went up to the preacher following a, a morning worship service, and the boy uh, went up to the preacher and said, uh, Pastor, uh, when I grow up, I'm going to give you lots of money. And the preacher's like, wow, okay, that, that's pretty nice, and uh, tell me why you want to give me a lot of money. And the boy simply said this, because my daddy says you're one of the poorest preachers we've ever had. <laughs> well, dads, doesn't make you feel good to know your children are listening to you? They are listening to what you have to say, but, uh, but anyways, um, I'm really, really glad that you're here um, this morning. And if you have your Bibles, or should I say the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, I want you to take out your Bible, and I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to get there in just a few minutes. Um, but um, as you can see, and as Britton shared with you a few minutes ago, Vacation Bible School begins tomorrow, um, and uh, can you guess what the theme may be? Uh, kings and queens and maidens and princes and, and princesses, and we are going to learn um, how to put on the armor of God so that we can stand firm uh, in the battle against truth. That's what the motto, and that's what the theme is for Vacation Bible School this year, and I think it's very appropriate. Wouldn't you agree that we learn how to put on uh, the spiritual armor of God so that we can stand firm um, in this battle uh, that's going on in the world today? So. Um, I do pray and do ask, as Britton mentioned to you earlier, that you would pray for our Vacation Bible School, that our students, our children, that they would, uh, that they would hear the gospel, they respond, but also that they would learn how to put on the, the spiritual armor of God. And I can tell you this week, um, it, it's been a tough week for some of us recently, hasn't it? I know this past week on Tuesday night, a big storm comes through, knocks over a tree um, behind the education building here on our property, knocks out the power to the education building uh, for a couple of days. Surely it's not a coincidence that this has happened right before Vacation Bible School, right? Wink, wink. <laughs> right? And then this past Saturday or yesterday morning, um, our church was vandalized. Uh, now thank goodness it was minor. Minor damage, but whenever something, uh, your facility, your home has been vandalized, you, you feel just a little bit what? Ticked off, right? <laughs> Ticked off. Well, you get, you get a little frustrated and you get, uh, 
You feel like you've been victimized. Amen? Well, praise God that there is minor damage, and uh, you know what? We, we pray for that individual. We pray that he comes to know Jesus. Uh, pray that uh, they would, uh, whatever their life situation is, they would turn their life over to Jesus. But, but I just want to let you know as a church that, um, again, this is minor vandalism. This is minor, but I just want to let you know, ain't nothing going to stop us from fulfilling our mission. And again, this was minor, this was minor, but nothing's going to keep us from continuing to knock holes in the darkness of Brunswick, of Glen County, and the Golden Isles. Ain't nothing going to keep us back. And I just want you to know that. We have no reason to fear. Amen? We have no reason to fear. So be encouraged. Let more vandalism take place. Amen? No. No, not at all. But, but anyways, last week we began our summer series simply titled, Lord, I Want to Know You. And it's a look at the names of God. And the main idea for this series is simply this. Everybody has a God. Say that with me. Everybody has a God. Everybody has one. But the question after that statement should be this. Well, who is he and what is he like? And so in this series, the goal is this. We know everybody has a God, but our goal is this. We want to know who our God is and what is he like. Uh, the psalmist writes in Psalm 910, writes this, those who know you will put their trust in you. So if you know God, you know who he is by his name, you're going to put your trust in him. Uh, Daniel 11, verse 32, one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures says this, those who know their God, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. And what that scripture says is this, that the reason that there is inaction and weakness among believers is because they don't know their God. If you know your God, if you know our God, you know his name, you know what he's capable of, Scripture tells us this, that we're going to display strength and we need to take action. Is there ever been a moment in our lives when we need believers to display strength and take action than it is today? Yes, we need believers to take action. How do you do it? You know your God. You know who he is. And that's the whole purpose behind this series. And so since it is Father's Day, it just makes sense for us to look at the most intimate name of God, Abba. Abba, Father. And that's what I want us to look at today as God, our Father. And what does it mean that he is Abba? Well, look with me in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and we're going to look at multiple scriptures as well this morning, but, but you, you hang in there and you follow along with me um, this morning. Matthew chapter 6, it's, if you have a Bible with the red letters, uh, what, uh, what color are the letters you see in front of you? They're red. This is the words of Jesus. He has been speaking, it's the Sermon on the Mount, where he's been explaining what this new kingdom is to look like, and he comes to chapter 6, and Jesus then talks about prayer and how we need to pray to God. And in verse number 9, Jesus uses two words. 
he uses two words that explodes all the stereotypes about God. Whenever the hearers of this moment heard Jesus use these two words, it shocked them because this was new. Well, let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew 6, verse 9, and it says this, Pray then in this way, our Father. Stop there. When the hearers heard this, this shocked them. Now to you and I today, this is the term father is, is not unique to us. We've talked about God as our father. Many of you, um, when you pray, you pray father in heaven like the Lord's Prayer says. So for you and I, we don't really understand or grasp the gravity of what Jesus just said when he said, pray then in this way, our father. But when Jesus said this over 2,000 years ago, this was radical. The idea to call God Father was, was, was foreign to them. Now, why was it foreign to the early church and the hearers who heard this for the first time? Well, if you go back and look in the Old Testament, the Old Testament written over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, it only refers to God as Father a whopping seven times. And every time that God is mentioned as a father in the Old Testament, it refers to God the Father over the nation of Israel. So it's this idea of this big God over this nation, but he wasn't referred to as a God who is the father of an individual, that he wasn't the God of a, of a, of a personal, relational God. But when Jesus shows up on the scene, and just to remind you, when Jesus shows up on the scene, he tells us why he came to this earth. He came to show us who the Father really was. And that's the purpose, and that's one of the goals of Jesus, to show us exactly what God is like. And so in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus says, pray then in this way, our Father, in chapter 6 alone, Jesus uses the name Father for God seven times. You look in the entire Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over 150 times, Jesus refers to God as Father. As a matter of fact, you look in all of the New Testament and you will see that Jesus only uses one name for God. Do you want to guess what it is? It's Father. It's Abba, Father. Now, why did Jesus do this? And I want you to write this down. Jesus did this because he wants us to know that God wants us to think of him as a father. Have you ever heard the argument that the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God? Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, you've heard this before, that the Old Testament, that's a different God than the New Testament. Well, that's incorrect. Yes, we see different aspects of God in the Old Testament. But when Jesus shows up on the scene, he shows us some new aspects of God. And what he wants us to know is this, that God wants us to think of him as a father. And Jesus uses a very, a very personal, intimate, relational name for father, and it's the word Abba, A-B-B-A. 
A-B-B-A. It simply means daddy. Let me share with you for the next 75 minutes what Abba means. (laughs) We're going to use the word Abba as an acronym to help us to understand what God's name really means, what Abba really means, and then we'll make the application to our lives. Y'all ready this morning? Say amen. amen. Number one, Abba Father means that God is available. God is available. Now what do I mean by uh, that God is available? I mean this, that God's close to us. In the Old Testament, it seemed that God was far away. Only the the high priest could come into the presence once a time a year. And so in the Old Testament, it seemed that God was so far away. But here when Jesus comes in the flesh, he's God the Son. God the Son wants to tell us about God the Father, and he tells us this. God is close. He's available. He's there when you need him. God is not a distant God. He is not far off. Now, many of us in our lives, we have struggled or we have wrestled, or we have thought, man, God, where are you? You seem like you're a long ways away. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, we've all been there before, but the reality is because God is Abba, He is nearby. He's close. He is available. Uh, look in Acts chapter 17. Go to Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, Paul, the greatest missionary that we know, he is preaching a message. He's preaching a message uh, at Athens on Mars Hill. If you remember this story, uh, Paul uh, is, is talking about all the gods that those in Athens and on Mars Hill that they worship. And he sees this one God that says, unknown God. And he begins to explain the good news. He begins to share the gospel. And he begins to tell them that Jesus has come down. God has come down in the form of Jesus. And this is what he says in verse number 27. He said this, God did this. God did this so that you would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him because he is not far from any one of us. And what Paul was teaching about God the Father was this, he's nearby, he's close, he's a personal God, he's available, he's available to to anybody, and the reality is, folks, is that God wants you to find him. God knows where you are. You remember remember when Adam and Eve sinned in in Genesis chapter 3? They ate the forbidden uh, fruits, and they go and hide. And what's the first question that God asks? Adam, where are you? Did God not know? God knew exactly where Adam was. He just wanted Adam to know where God was, and God wants you to know him. Dads, God wants you to know him. And he wants you to have a relationship with him. He's not far off. How do we know that God is available to us? How do we know that God is not far away from us? We know because it's in his name. That's his name, Abba. So if you ever wrestle 
With this idea that God is nowhere to be found, that he's not nearby, that he's distant, you have to go back to his name. His name is Abba, and he is available. Now, you may think Abba um, is a, the name of a Swedish rock musician group. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Front rows have no idea who I'm talking about, right? So when we say Abba, we're not talking about this, this musical group. We're talking, about, we're talking about God the Father, a personal God who wants to be near you. Martin Luther, listen to these words. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this about the name Abba. He said this, there are no more eloquent words ever spoken than Abba, Father. This is the most intimate name of God. It's, it's the name that every child, every kid calls their dad. It's the word daddy. That's what it means. It's that intimate, personal, close, bonded name. Now dads, every single one of you, I don't care how tough you are on the exterior, but anytime your son or your daughter, especially daughters, say, Daddy, what do you do? You reach into your back pocket, pull out your billfold. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Because Dads, right? When you hear your children say, Daddy, I mean, it just gets you. It gets you. Now, just imagine if you came home one day, dads, and instead of your, your children running up into you and saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy's home, imagine if they came running up to you and say, Oh, most holy one of our family. <laughs> dads, what would you say? That's about right. You remember who I am. <laughs> no, you'd be saying, what? What are you talking about? What are you, you don't want your children to call you that because you want that personal, close, intimate relationship where they can come sit on your knee and they can pull your face to them and they say, Daddy, I love you. Dads, if that's the same way with us, can you imagine what it's like with God? That's his name, Abba. It's Abba where you and I, we can come to him because he is available. He is close to us. And God wants us to be able to come to him and we just simply say, Abba, Daddy. Isn't that a cool picture? First thing we need to know about God's name being Abba is that God is available. He is close. The second thing that I want you to know about Abba is this. Abba Father means God is benevolent. He's available, but he's benevolent. What does that mean? It means that God is good. Do you believe that this morning? God is good. In the good times, he's good. In the bad times, he's gooder. He's good because that's his character. That's who he is. That's his name. Uh, turn over with me to Psalm 103. Go to Psalm 103. I just want you to listen to how the psalmist describes God the Father and his goodness and how he's benevolent. 
gosh, that's a beautiful sound to hear you turn the pages of the Bible. Isn't that good? I love that. Look at what the psalmist says, verse 8. He says this, the Lord is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And everybody says, thank you, Jesus. Verse 9, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. We say, praise God. Verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. The psalmist in the Old Testament recognized the goodness of God, that he's benevolent, that our God, he doesn't, he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. Aren't you thankful for that? That because, this, listen folks, the second that we sin in God's holiness, he can wipe us out. But because he is benevolent, he's good, he doesn't do that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. I just want to hear the pages of the Bible turn again. But listen to this, Matthew chapter 7. As I was praying this morning and going over, just going over this message, uh, the Lord brought this, this, this verse back to my mind, and I think it's a great picture of the benevolence of God our Father. Look at this, uh, Matthew 7, uh, verses 9 through 11, and this is what Jesus says. He says, what man is there among you who, when his son asked for a loaf or asked for a piece of bread will give him a stone. So Jesus is saying, if you're a good dad and your son asks for a piece of bread, who's going to give him a stone? What's the answer? Uh, it's not going to happen. Look at verse, look, verse number 10. Or if he asks for fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? What's the answer? No, he's not going to do that. And then Jesus gives the reason why. If you then, being evil, so here he's just called all earthly dads evil. Students, look at your dads right now and say they're evil. Jesus says, if you then being evil, he says, but if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is heaven, who's in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? What does this mean? What is Jesus teaching us about God the Father? Jesus is teaching us that he is good. He's kind. James later on says in James chapter 1 that says um, that, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Everything God does for you is good. Does that mean that, it's, that, that uh, it can be painful at times? Does that mean that there can be pain in your life that is difficult and is hard and you don't want to go through it, but at the same time it can be good? You better believe it. That happens way more often than we want to admit. Would you agree with that? But the reason why we can go through tough times with maybe we are being, feel like we're being rubbed with sandpaper and it hurts. But here's what we can know about God our Father. When he allows that sandpaper in our lives, we know that it's good. You know why? That's his name. His name is Abba. 
It's good. And if you ask him for a piece of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. He's going to give you the Texas brisket is what he's going to give you. <laughs> because he is good. Amen? God is good. Do you all remember the story of Jesus um, and the disciples in the boat? They went across the Sea of Galilee. The storm came up. Do you all remember the story? The rains are coming down, the lightning and thunder, probably a lot like this past week here in Brunswick, just a horrible storm, right? Where's Jesus? He's sleeping. And what do the disciples do? They go over and they wake him up and say, Jesus, do you not care? Do you not care? I think that's one of the I think that's one of life's biggest questions that we ask God when we go through the sandpapers of our life. Do you not care? And the reality is Jesus does care because he's a good God. If you remember that story, Jesus stands up. I can imagine him just looking at the disciples, shaking his head. And I can imagine him saying, do you not know who I am? And what does Jesus do? He stands up and he says, hush. And the winds and the waves stop. And the disciples finally, finally, at least Peter catches it, finally says, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Why does God do things like that? Because he's good. He's good. So Abba Father, Abba Father means that one, God is available. He's nearby. Number two, God is benevolent. Here's number three. Only believers call God Abba. I know that doesn't fit into my outline. God is available. God is uh, uh, benevolent. Believers call upon God. It doesn't fit well in the outline, but it's the truth. Abba is a family name. Does that make sense? Abba is a family name. Only family members call God Abba. Which means if you are not a family member, if you are not a part of the family of God, you cannot call God Abba. He's not your dad. No, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Pastor. I thought, I thought everybody's a child of God. I mean, that's what we hear. We hear that everybody is a child of God, that, that God is the father of everyone. Well, is, is that true? If you mean that did, did God create everybody? Then what's the answer to that question? Absolutely. God created everybody. If you mean, does God love everybody? Then what's the answer to that question? Absolutely. But is everybody a child of the king? Oh, you didn't sound too sure about that one. What's the answer to that question? No. Not everybody is a child of the king because here's the reality. It takes more than birth to be a father. It takes a relationship. 
whenever, whenever I speak on Mother's Day or Father's Day or whenever preachers um, speak on Mother's Day and, and Father's Day, it can be difficult. Are you with me? Not everybody's had a great relationship with their mother or with their father. I've been fortunate to have a great relationship with my parents. My dad is my best friend. I talk to him multiple times a week. He tells me the same stories every time, but I talk to him every week. <laughs> I probably do the same, right? But I have a relationship with my father. He's my dad by birth, but he's my father because I have a relationship with him. Are you tracking with me? It's that way with God as well. By birth, by physical birth, everybody in this room, as far as I know, has been born physically. Amen? You were born physically, and God is the creator of everything. But the Bible says, in order for you to call God Abba, here's what the Bible says, you must be born again. And like Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Nicodemus said, how can I get back into my mother's womb? And what did Jesus say, Nicodemus? You're crazy. <laughs> You're missing it. He said, I'm not talking about a physical birth. What I'm talking about is a spiritual birth. The only way that you and I can call God Abba is if you are born again spiritually. And the scripture says there's two ways, two terminologies that you can, two words how this happens with, to get in a relationship. One is to be born again, the other is adoption. Same idea, just two different words that means the same thing. Uh, Romans, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says this, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. You see, what Paul teaches us, what the Bible teaches us is this, those who cry out, Abba, is proof of them being born again or being adopted into God's family. When we cry, Abba, that's proof that you're saved. But if you haven't called God Abba, then you have to wonder, have you been born again? Have you been adopted into God's family? Because Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, um, he says this, that to become a child of God, it comes through faith in Christ Jesus. If you and I are to call God Abba, Father, it comes through believing in Jesus, putting all our faith in Jesus, entrusting in everything that Jesus did. It matters what we believe about Jesus, and it matters where we put our trust. Everybody has a father by birth. But do you have a father by relationship? And dads, listen to me. Dads, it's extremely important that you as the father 
that you give your life to Jesus Christ and you call him Abba. Do you know why? Studies are now showing that when the Father is a committed follower of Jesus Christ, listen, 93% of the time his household will follow him. 93%. If children accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and nobody else in the family, when a child accepts Jesus as the Lord and Savior, it is about a 10, 8 to 10% chance the rest of the family will accept Christ. If it's a teenager, it's about around the same number. A mom, if a mom accepts Jesus Christ, it's about a, a 15 to 20 to 25% chance the rest of the, of the household will accept Jesus. But when the father does it, it's 93% chance that the household will give their lives to Jesus. Dads, does it matter who your God is? Absolutely it does. And we can call our God, we can call him Abba, because he's available, he's benevolent, it's only for believers, and then here's the last one. Here's the last one. Abba Father means God is able. God is able. He's available, he's benevolent, it's for, he's for believers, but he's also able. What does that mean? It means this, God can handle anything that you are going through. Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 14, verse 36. It's a scripture that I've been meditating on uh, quite a bit this week. Um, and in Mark 14, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. What's about to happen to Jesus? He's about to be arrested, he's about to be beaten, he's about to be crucified. The divinity in him, the divine, gets it. The humanity of him doesn't want it. Does that make sense? And so Jesus goes into the garden. They've had uh, the Lord's Supper. They work their way down the Kidron Valley, and they from Jerusalem down the Kidron Valley back up into uh, the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane. And there Jesus prays, and the Scripture says that, he, that he's under so much pressure and is so tense that he begins to sweat drops of blood. But in Mark 14, verse 36, in Jesus, one of, if you can call this his darkest moment, if you could call this his darkest moment, Here's what Jesus does, and it says this, and Jesus was saying, Abba, Father. In Jesus' darkest moment, if you will, he cries out to Abba, Father. And then he says this, all things are possible for you. In Jesus' moment of, of intense pressure, of intense stress, he cries out, to his dad, and he says, Daddy, <laughs> I know you can do this. I know you can do this. I ask you to do this. You know, as little kids, we think our dads can do anything, right? And when we get older, we realize they're just human and they can't do everything, right? But as a kid, that sincere faith and belief that my dad can do anything gives you as a child so much comfort and so much 
Ah, strength through the difficult moments. And here in this moment, Jesus in his darkest moment calls out to God and he says, Daddy, I know you can do this. See, this term, Abba, Father, is a term that so often is used in our darkest moments when you need help. And that's who God is. He is a God who is able, he's benevolent, is for believers only, and he is able to accomplish anything in your life. Well, you say, Pastor, Jesus didn't want to, in his physical body, he didn't want to go to the cross. I would agree with that. But on the flip side of this, God had a greater purpose, and he needed his son to go through the most difficult death that he ever would experience so that he could be buried, pay the penalty of our sins, but on the third day, rise again victorious. Did God answer Jesus' cry of, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you? Yes, Yes and amen. And God will do the same for you. Now today, what situation are you in that you are so stressed out about? That you are so overwhelmed where you are saying something like this, I don't think God can really handle this. I really don't think he can do this. I, I, need to, I need to move the chess pieces around to fit into where I want it to go. I, I, I need to politic for, for, job, for a job at work. I need, to, I need to streamline things. I need to be a little deceptive here. I need to work a little bit harder. What situation are you in where you're saying to yourself, I don't think God can do this? Can I tell you today that you need to cry out to Abba, Father? Because he's able. And Paul would say in Ephesians 3.20, he would say this, that God is able to do far more abundantly than you can ever ask or you can ever imagine according to the power that works within us. Our God is able. Amen? Amen. Our God is able. Well, have you called out to God as Abba? Have you done that? Have you called out to God as Abba, Father? If not, I encourage you to do it today. And dads, let me say this to you as we begin to close and we'll respond in worship or decision time. Dads, let me, let me say this to you. <clears throat> if you're a father, the greatest thing that you can do for your children is to introduce them to your Abba Father. That's the greatest thing. It's great to teach them about baseball, golf. You may raise them up so they can make straight A's and go to Florida or Alabama, God forbid. You can even teach your son and your daughter how to make money, to make a million bucks, and they become a famous, famous person. But if you don't introduce them to your Abba Father, you've missed it. You've missed it. You've missed it.
dads, share your story with your children. Tell them about Abba, how he has led you through difficult days, how you came to know Christ. Tell them how he's been good to you. Tell them how he has brought you through the difficult times. Tell them that he is ready and available for them. But dads, dads, teach and show your children who Abba Father is. <clears throat> it's the greatest investment that you'll ever make in your life. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. And Father, I thank you for, <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you for teaching us the name of God as Father, Abba, Daddy. Thank you. I pray this morning that, that we would come to our Daddy, sit on his knee, and just love him, let him love us back. And we'd say, here's my problems, here's my struggles, will you help me? And you'll do it, and we trust you. But God, if there's somebody here who's never turned to you and cried out, Abba, I pray that they would do so today, that they would confess their sins of doing things their own way, confess their failures, but then confess that they need you as Lord and Savior and to be Abba of their life. If that's you, that's all you gotta do is tell them, say, I'm sorry, I want you to be my dad. And here's what happened, he will rescue you. And then you'll begin the greatest journey of your life. Father, we love you. And as Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.